1: Hello and welcome to NVC IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm your host Casey Defridis, and today I'm joined by Brian Altano,
2: Da-da-da-da.
1: Brendan Graber, <laughs> and Tom Mark.
3: I don't know what that was. Where's Hello. your sound effect? That, uh, my sound effect was disgust. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, if you if you can guess, we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem today, because Brendan reviewed it. We finally get to talk about everything. Right. And oh we're also going to talk about some uh, Joy-Con drift issues, class action lawsuits, some <laughs> really fun stuff, and also my <laughs> hands-on impressions with Pokemon Masters. But let's uh, get it started, actually, with a small correction from last week. Um, so we mentioned the Switch had an issue that made it hackable and suggested that this new upgraded Switch model would fix that. Well, it was actually stealth fixed last year, and we just didn't notice. Yeah. Yep.
3: Oops. They they called this they called this exploit unpatchable back in the day, like back when it first came up. And apparently, at some point between then and now, they figured out how to patch it, and they just did it.
4: Hope they get the guy a raise.
3: Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody patching the unpatchable stuff. So when we were speculating last week, specifically me a lot was about the 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 CPU change being possibly to fix that. It sounds right. like it was just not an issue already. So
1: yeah. Right. So let's get into it. Fire Emblem. <gasps> Brendan. Hi. Is it good?
4: It is very good. I'm just... If I sound like I'm dying, it's because I'm reviewing the game, writing the guide for the game, doing interviews with the developers, doing a bunch of weird features, getting gameplay. I need help. Help. I haven't slept <laughs> in a week. Brendan.
1: Brendan. working. your wikis are super helpful. Thank you. He's got a really great characters page, a really great romance page, and that's all that matters. So go check out that wiki. <laughs> yes. I'm kidding. There's it's a whole bunch of other that stuff matters. that matters.
4: But, but really, like, I... I was excited. I t- I wanted to temper my expectations because I was like, this could go either way. I had no idea where this game was going until I beat it. Even then, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and I had to replay it again with another house to go like, wait, what? Wait, you beat it again? No, I didn't beat it again. Okay, I started I was again. Like... <gasps> I got about like maybe halfway through one of them. There's three houses, maybe more than three paths. Ooh. Okay. Each of those paths is probably going to take you around 70 hours if you do... All the fun stuff. I
3: imagine it might go a little quicker on your later playthroughs, just because you know what you're doing.
4: And if you just like uh, automate some of the stuff, or if you skip battles, or do the turn off the animations. How how
2: many do you think you put like 90 hours into this game so far? I don't know anymore, Brian. I'm scared. (laughs) You
4: did a house and a half, right? House and a half is yeah, it's a good way to put it. Okay, I I would be I
3: would be surprised if he's played less than 100 at this point. Yes.
4: Damn. If I if I go to my Switch's playtime, just what are you doing? Like, get help. (laughs) Uh, but I really enjoyed it, and I'm really excited for how much I loved every aspect of, like, this, to me, it might be one of the best Fire Emblems I've ever played. One of, and this, one of the best. And this is coming from someone who started back in the Game Boy era, or the Game Boy Advance era, and really loved uh, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. I think Path of Radiance might still be my favorite, but this is either the, the top two. Uh, and the 3DS ones were great, but I feel like this one, Above and Beyond... It's like the what you want out of those games that come from a handheld to a console device. Like, they put everything they could and then some. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Fire Emblem Fates was a choose-your-adventure, but you had to buy each of them. Right. We're throwing in all of them in one package. And instead of just having battles, we're throwing in a giant explorable base with a ton of activities to do. Tea time. Tea time. <laughs> Literal tea time. And I think, like, they just, like, it's, the, it's a natural evolution. And the teaching aspect could have been really boring. The, the thought of it, just like, I don't want to do it. Like, you know, okay, lesson plan, everybody. You're going to learn axes and swords. But like the way they speed the process up by going like, okay, set goals, instruct. Bam, they learn skills. You just see like a bunch of check marks and like, I learned this. I learned this. Okay, cool. Let's go to a battle. I, so
2: does this sort of feel like what uh, what Pokemon fans have been asking for for a long time in terms of like a handheld version jumping to a console version and like growing
4: up and expanding? I've been thinking about that and I I don't want to say anything yet because we haven't seen Pokemon actually make that jump yet. But from what yep. we've seen so far, I'm like, this is what Pokemon fans were wishing they saw with Sword and Shield. Got it. At least from what I've seen so far. Because the amount of things that they've really pushed. Like, yeah, it is it is still on a underpowered Switch console, not an Xbox One or a PS4 Pro. So there are parts where it chugs along or there's loading screens and sometimes the the backgrounds don't look that great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I can power through that and go, this is amazing. The fact that I can play it on a screen, take it on the go, keep battling somewhere else. Like it's magic. I don't know how they yeah. put it together.
1: So, Brendan, mm. what score did you give it?
4: I give it a nine point five. Wow. Is
1: amazing. It almost beats Breath of the Wild, but not quite.
4: Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. I but, yeah. mean
1: Huh. Nine point
3: five doesn't almost beat a ten, Casey. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was in the running. <laughs> it was in the running. Like he, he probably, you thought about it for a half a second, maybe, half a right? Second. <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, no.
1: No. Okay. So, which house did you go with?
4: I chose the Blue Lions, and that was uh, exclusively based off that. Uh, I think it was the last E three trailer where they showed the grown up house leaders, and Dimitri had this eye patch, looked like crazy. I was like, oh, I want that guy.
0: I want him. <laughs> I
4: want him. And I went straight for him. And I'm so glad I did because that guy did not disappoint. I really loved how, in part one, they kind of focus, there's two parts. There's like kind of like the school part, and then there's a the war part. And in part one, it's kind of focusing on your character or maybe even the lack of your character because he's kind of like, he's like a an expressionless emoji character. He like doesn't really emote much, but eventually he starts, there's a whole reason for it too. And I like how they actually did that. And then when the war starts... Part two really focuses on the the side that you've chosen, and specifically that leader and how they react to what's going on, and personal conflicts with the other leaders and their own past tormenting them. And Dimitri just goes all over the place. And I thought it was going to go one way, and it didn't go that way. And I was like, okay, it's going to end this way, and it didn't end that way either. Mm -hmm. Like I loved seeing his character just go like a sorry, just (laughs) on a roller coaster. Yeah, I'm using those words because I'm. That hyped about this (laughs) it was really cool and i and i was like okay i think i have a good idea of how the story plays out and then i beat the game i was like wow didn't see that coming but i wonder how it looked from the black eagles thing so i did the black eagles next and then they throw me this wild curveball of a story change that affects the entire like way that the path turns out and just like
1: Oh like how that the one lancer decided to like join your team instead? You're talking about I'm kidding. I know it's not that. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> I did not know you were going with that one. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just like I got a totally new context for something I I thought I knew the enemy's motivations or the other leaders like what they were doing or trying to achieve. And then when I saw this other side, I was like, "Wait, this throws the whole story into chaos because now it's not like there's a set bad guy versus good guy. It's everyone has their own ideals and they're fighting for it and you get one glimpse of what they're fighting for but not always how everybody else is feeling in in regards to that and like it makes it so it's hard to kind of go like oh these are the these are the people who want to like take over the world like well they actually might have good reason but it might involve killing a lot of people
1: Mm. you know give us a short rundown of each house
4: okay um spoiler free a
1: spoiler-free short, like rundown. the whole, the like to plot help art, or just no, the like, characters to help people choose which house. Like, yeah, definitely not the, the whole plot art. Yeah, no, no. I want, like, I'm talking about like, the house's ideals. Spoiler-free. The... What about
4: every spoiler there is?
1: What about <laughs> when that ideals, guy kills that guy? The main characters' personality. Yeah. Like how do how do we pick?
4: It's hard because a lot of things are like at face value. Mm-hmm. Even when they show you your options at the beginning, like the Black Eagles' house, Edelgard is the heir to the uh, Adrestian Empire and she seems very like ambitious and motivated and like has to remember to be like personable
1: and makes really morbid jokes
4: yeah <laughs> uh, but then you have like people in her house like bernadetta who's a um, like a recluse who just hides away in her house because she's terrified to come out and it's like how can she be so adorable and the leader can be so kind of callous yeah um, Huh, what else? So, for the, I haven't played the Golden Deer that much. So, I will say Claude, he's an enigma to me. They say he's a schemer. I don't really know the bulk of that. But if you like uh, schemes and japes and uh, that bamboozlement.
1: I'm into it. And dashing men with bows.
4: And dashing men with bows. What about jangles? Are there any? Like, or is it just Japes? That might be that might be an act too. Okay.
1: So Brendan did make a page um for each character with their likes and dislikes, and I was getting a really big kick out of that. So you can check and check out that. But
4: it's it's funny because like in any other game, I feel like if the if they had an option for like you can view a character's likes and dislikes, where he likes hunting but he dislikes coffee, like that would be just such a throwaway weird thing. But sounds like a murderer might be. <laughs> But this actually might be relevant to the story because the way you can bond with your characters is giving them gifts that appeal to them. So what do you give a guy who hates coffee? You don't give him coffee. <laughs> you, you give him tea. You give him a awesome. hunting knife. Yeah, you stuff. give him tea and a knife. Yeah. And so, like, the way that it surprised me. <laughs> I made me just, coffee
2: for everyone to wake you guys up. Here's a knife for you. Have a good morning.
4: <laughs> it's an actual true story. This one guy who doesn't like
2: coffee. Don't talk to me until I've had my knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want that
4: in a mug. What,
1: what, who's
4: that guy? <laughs> what was that case? Sorry. I was going
1: to ask if that sounded like Hubert to you.
4: Hubert actually likes coffee.
1: Oh, what? Yeah. And not knives. No. Coffee, no knives. Uh,
4: Leonie likes <laughs> knives. and so Why does not Felix. both? <laughs> Why not both?
3: So many characters to learn and fall in love with and see if
4: they like knives or not. Mm-hmm. It's, such a, it's such a cool little detail. Just like the little things... Their character quirks actually play a role in how you get to bond with them. If you choose wrong, they're not going to care about your gifts. And you're not going to be able to get a nice S rank and maybe marry somebody.
1: Also very important. You can only... So as far as the leaders go, mm-hmm. they are romanceable, mm-hmm. but only if you're on their team. Correct? Yeah, you can't
4: like, re, you can't recruit
1: important the leaders
4: or their bodyguards. I think Dadu for the Blue Lions, uh, Hilda for the Golden Deer, and Hubert for the Black Eagles cannot be recruited. They're kind of like stick to the side of their leader and they won't leave other people. If you have enough skill to impress them, then you can recruit them to your side, which is nice because in act two, you get to kill all their friends. Mm. What? Yeah.
1: All right, man. See, this was very important for me because like I am going to be part of the golden deer because Claude is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, his team doesn't have very good husbandos. So I need to recruit them. From other teams, so I can have the best team of husbandos and waifus.
4: So then the problem is, though, is that you have to build up your own character's skill to impress them. Gosh. And whereas one character might like you if you have heavy armor skill, another one might like you if you have flying skill. So you'll go, shoot, what do I train up for? And can I get everybody at once before war were declared?
3: Just like life. Just, Just like, like life.
4: life. Honestly, if I met the perfect waifu in this game
2: and she hated coffee, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Seriously. It's important to me. Get out of my house. Yeah. That's just like, it's a big part of my DNA here. So <laughs>
1: I, hope, I hope my choices are, are correct, but I actually, um, I asked my Twitter followers um, how you're choosing your houses and 582 people have responded. Wow. Um, 7% are choosing their house based on strategic team building. Uh, 16% are choosing because of their favorite color. Mm-hmm. 30% are choosing for romance options only. And then... Forty-seven percent of you said a healthy mix of reasons, which is probably I want to be the person
4: <laughs> who, who picks on color and then like they don't join doing like you know, like uh, medieval Hitler just oh. like, but I liked red. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can I get a backseat, please? This is the wrong
1: house. <laughs> so, Tom, who are you choosing and why?
4: I genuinely
1: don't know yet. What reasons are you gonna take into account when choosing? I genuinely don't know.
3: Uh, I think I'm gonna be looking mostly at the teams yeah like the the characters and not necessarily like their stats and skills because mm-hmm. i'm sure that's all got a healthy mix regardless of of what you pick they're the, the game's not going to make it so you like oh you picked the blue lions you messed up they're bad they're just the worst <laughs> team none of them work you only have swords they're all Nobody hobos use a bow like it's not going to be like that um but i am going to look at them and at kind of like a which of these characters do I want to spend 70 hours with Mm -hmm. is, like, an important thing to me, kind of like a starter Pokemon, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably what I'm going to go off of is just look at, and I I don't want to go into spoilers, but, like, look at the actual character rosters and maybe on the IGN wiki and be like, okay, which one of these guys just kind of looks most appealing to me? I I think probably second place is also, um, like, the leaders specifically. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't really want to get into spoilers. I just want to, like pick which one ever yeah. looks yeah. cool and to be
4: fair to me. your point uh you do get a point in like the first chapter before you choose you to talk to the leader and they'll tell you about every character and you get to like oh, kind of like cool. see like great them all stacked up and be like oh, okay nice. they go like oh yeah this character they're really funny but they're also a jerk see, and i'm like okay
3: i appreciate that a lot too because there's nothing i hate that like bugs me more in rpgs than when it asks you to make like the most important decisions in the game before your you know life. how to play the game or yeah what you're I, doing yeah like uh for like skyrim and oblivion are really like notorious for this not that those are bad games or anything but like you go through the tutorial level and then it's like make all of the important decisions about your character immediately fallout does that too and mm-hmm. by the way like, who do you hate and you get one <laughs> level to kind of test it out and then it's like you want to change your mind no you're stuck with it forever yep <laughs> enjoy 200 hours of this
2: that's why you gotta head to the ign wiki
1: yeah. <laughs> so you can make your decision informedly. So I don't know yep. is my answer. Words. I think okay. I am
3: leaning towards blue or yellow to start. Okay. But I also feel like this is a game where I might want to play all four or all three or however many. I'd recommend are. that if
4: you have the time. Yeah.
1: So let us know in the comments below which house you're choosing, um, which was actually a question from Miles Baker. Yes, which house are you going to choose and why? And we just answered that. Yay. Yay. Brendan. Hi. What didn't you like about Fire Emblem?
4: It's a tough one I've been thinking of. Um, I wouldn't say, okay, there's a couple of things. The I mentioned them in my review, but like the support conversations are well thought out, but they have this, they made a, a decision to have the conversations happen in, in behind maybe like a like a still image instead of a actual room they put the models in. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a background JPEG that's been warped. So the camera can kind of like pan around a flat image and make Mm -hmm. it look like they're actually somewhere. But because of that and because it's on the switch and it's obviously, you know, not the greatest resolution ever. It comes off looking very jaggy in a lot of areas, especially like in the outdoor nighttime areas. It's just like horrible lines and like little polygonal trees in the distance. It's like bad green screen yeah it's weird
3: really like the images are really low res too i think that's the biggest sin of this is that that system could work but they they are very it's like you took a small image of a background and scaled it up yeah it's it's
4: incredibly artifacted
3: yeah which is very it's just a weird choice like i'm I'm sure they did conserve
4: loading times to have to load an entire room to have a conversation and you can when you're Walk through the monastery. You can go to talk to someone, and that just zooms into a conversation, and that's fine. But yeah. like support conversations or like mission conversations before a battle, they just create a background to have people talking. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's a little bit noticeable. I was because I was watching you play a little bit. I haven't played mm-hmm. myself, but. Um... Uh, it's also noticeable in any scene where they're in the monastery and there's like candles in the background and they just aren't flickering or <laughs> moving at all. It's just a picture of a candle. No, on those, those like are
1: those like candles that are electric. You just turn them on. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right.
2: They have those at Pier 1 Imports. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: And it's and that's that's a, a
3: total nitpick, right? Yeah. But like it is still noticeable. It's just it one noticeable. of those noticeable things, yeah.
4: My other small nitpick is that um, I was hoping to see a little more uh, main mission objective variation. Mm. I really liked, especially in uh, the last console games, *Path of Radiance* and *Radiant Dawn*. They had a lot of like fun, like objectives that weren't just kill the enemy commander or route the team. Sometimes like defend for uh, like ten turns and just got overwhelmed on all sides. Or it was like you have to fight these guys, but these are all non-combatants, so you can't hurt them. You have to like move around these like monks, and it made you like have to think outside the box. Whereas pretty much every mission that I played was. Defeat the enemy commanders or route the entire team, but the caveat is that they include a lot of fun side objectives where there might be a lot of civilians you have to save. And if you do that, you get three special rewards at the end of the, uh, the map, mm. or like defend someone from taking any damage at all. So there was some fun activities on the side, but not the main objectives. I think mm. could have been a little bit cooler.
1: So I did ask our NBC podcast forums group on Facebook any questions they had about Fire Emblem. And most of the questions that came in were about the characters and the houses and how to pick and who are the best characters. But we did get a question from. Let me check my paper. Um, Jackson Tinch and also quite a few others. um, How is Fire Emblem three houses for newcomers? Like if you've never played a Fire Emblem game, is this a good one to start with?
4: I think it could be. Um, I think the way that they roll out all this stuff on you is done in a very leisurely pace. That's not just like, okay, here's the entire battle map. Go at it. Even like the monastery, it kind of gates areas uh, on a month to month basis. So the next month you'll be able to go to do tournaments and the training course, or you'll be able to go to the cathedral to do uh, choir practice or whatever. So they kind of gradually expand that. And then they kind of gradually expand the scope of how battles work, whether it's the first couple battles or there's mock battles They'll be like, oh, we're just going to do a little trial battle against that house. If your character gets defeated, they won't die. You're fine. And then eventually go, okay, we're going to go fight bandits now. This is the real deal. And even then they give you that uh, ability that was in Shadows of Valentia to turn back time if a uh, character dies or you make a mistake. And there's like a limited amount, so you can't really cheese it that much. But it's nice for like in a pinch if you don't to go, okay, I'll have to restart the entire map or soldier on with my dead characters. If you play on the easiest setting, is there still permadeath? There is, right now there's only two difficulty modes, normal and hard. And I guess they just announced a uh, lunatic, lunatic modes mode coming back as an update. Uh, but then of those modes, there is the classic, if your character dies, they're gone forever. Or mm-hmm. the casual, where if the character dies, they come back at the cool. next battle. So that's like the closest they have to like an actual easy mode for now. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably something good for beginners. Yeah, I think that plus the turning back time mechanic means that you're never really in a danger if you don't want to be.
3: And that also fixes an issue that we talked about when Wargroove came out, uh, which was one of my problems with Wargroove, even though I love that game, uh, is that if you get deep, deep, deep into a pretty long mission and you make one misclick or little mistake or didn't think something quite all the way through, yep. you just have to restart it all. Whereas even if you're not, losing guys if you make a misclick in in three houses you can just rewind time and fix it and you have that option
4: which i did several times i just go like oh why did i move there that was a bad idea nope that's a really
1: really good thing to hear last question about fire emblem Mm. is this your new favorite fire emblem game
4: yeah i think like i said it's i think between this and path of radiance tied for my top two fire emblems uh i just really like how they expand on everything
1: wow nice so we are just talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Look up Brendan's full review on IGN.com. I got a 9.5. And also check out all those awesome wikis to figure out Please which house to pick. Please check
4: those wiki stuff. He actually, um, every character you can smooch. Every character yeah. you can recruit. <laughs> Is that the name of the actual page? Every character you can smooch. I was like at renaming it. I think you should do that. Log roll headline. Do it for a day. Does the smoochy SEO? Smooch. See if, it, see if, it, if, if it's Google Trends smooch. Yeah.
1: Guys, make smooch trend. That's your goal. That is
4: your job now. I'm a slave to the trends.
1: (laughs) So, hey, something else that we learned this week. Um, We talked a little bit about Joy-Con last week. There was a class action lawsuit actually um, filed because of the drift issues. But now that we found out, Nintendo is going to start fixing them for free and offering refunds for everyone who turned them in for a repair in the past. Thank goodness. Right? Mm -hmm. So have any of you guys had drift issues? Yes. Yes. I haven't. So I haven't had drift luck. issues. I've had issues with the Joy-Con just disconnecting for no reason.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. interesting.
1: And then I have to turn the switch into sleep mode and then back on, and then it'll connect again. Huh. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that's about. I
2: feel like this was a very prominent issue at launch. We heard about it a lot. And then I kind of thought it went away because um, I guess just sort of anecdotally I didn't hear a lot about it. But it seems like it's been just bubbling under the surface the entire time yeah. and really annoying people. And it's I think it's one of those things that was not necessarily widespread to the point where everyone was dealing with it, but it's been just enough that it's been cumbersome and annoying for people. And it sucks because these are $80, it's $80 for a pair of Joy-Cons. So that's not a great thing to come home from Best Buy, which by the way, someone tweeted a video of their display kiosk having Joy-Con drift, uh-huh. and it was just flying through the menus on its own. <laughs> Oof. Um and I think it specifically it's a pain in the ass because there's my curse of the week on uh I play a lot of like 2D side scrolling games and to like jump into those and just see my character walking left yeah. instead of right is not bad. yeah it's really annoying and so I'm glad that they're they're coming at this head on and they're they're addressing it um
1: It's you know it's odd cuz they're not actually addressing it Yeah they Nintendo said that it. If there are issues, go to support.nintendo.com. Let me double-check that. Um, yeah, support.nintendo.com for any Joy-Con issues. But um, Vice actually got a an internal memo that we're not supposed to see, saying that basically a memo saying to customer service employees that if someone complains about their Joy-Con, to believe them and to offer them a, a free...
4: I think one of our uh, news editors actually confirmed that they
2: got
1: yeah. their mm-hmm.
4: uh, ticket. Yeah, I think they said something along the
2: lines of like, "Oh, some some of our users are experiencing some issues." Like it was very
0: vague.
3: It was also very vague, in an understandable way, though. When a class action lawsuit about the issue is just filed against you, where if they and I, this is kind of just how the legal system works, and is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Where if they say too, if they admit too much guilt, too much specific guilt, that can be used in court against them. Yeah. in a yeah, very serious way. Totally. So it it was essentially a, it was kind of a half statement because it needed to be for legal reasons, yeah. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um. But the actual act of fixing these Joy-Con for free and also making good by refunding people who had previously paid for these repairs is in my mind the absolute best right step that they could do at this moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Just say, you know what, this is, because this is, even if they're not saying it explicitly in a statement that they made they are saying we're going to own up to this it is an issue and we're going to make right in the best way we can at the moment yeah and that's wonderful well cuz i've
2: i've seen companies in the past send out emails that are just sort of just like oh you know we're always like iterating on our hardware and like you know it's right. we love to hear from our customers yeah. like crap like that and so them for the, them to actually sort of be like some people have this problem and we're going to do what we can to fix it i will say though that this generation, and sorry if this is coming off as too negative, as like an old school Nintendo fan who has loved their durability, their hardware, their accessibility, their design, um, the ergonomics, just the classic D-pad to the N64 controller. I mean, they've had little niggling issues here and there throughout the years, but the fact that this generation with the Nintendo Switch has been defined by Joy-Con drift, the D-pad on the on the, on the uh, Pro controller being just utterly terrible mm-hmm. to the point where it just straight up, when you're playing games like Tetris, it will drop blocks oh, for you. Um, the fact that... The Switch to this day does not have a dedicated D-pad. You have to buy a third party thing for that. But if you want a D pad on your Switch, you have to buy the Switch Lite. I think this has just been a like really frustrating, cumbersome few years as a Nintendo fan to sort of chart all that because I just want to play video games using buttons and sticks and D pads. Bring back the N sixty four controller. Also, yeah. There were
1: also battery problems that were swelling and that causing too. The Switch yeah. to break. Yeah. The
3: docks scratching screens.
1: Yeah. Battery
3: swelling stuff. Uh, third party chargers bricking switches allegedly. That too. And
2: I will say like. I love the Nintendo Switch. I think it's one of the best design things ever made. It is a brilliant piece of tech, yeah. And I love that Nintendo made it. It is, it makes me, uh, it, like, incredibly happy that I can bring this thing on an airplane and I can go home and use it as a console. All of that is awesome. Parts of this do feel like they were a little bit rushed out the door to meet the demand of the the sort of you know decline at the end of the Wii U's life and them needing to basically get a system out to market.
3: And I, I, I... I think you're right, and I think you're also hit the nail on the head in that this is uncharacteristically yes. this way. Nintendo yeah. is like your Game Boy still works, right? Mm-hmm. That
4: was like the classic Nintendium, Everyone coined it. Yeah.
3: yeah. The 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 Nintendo store in New York has that Game Boy that was in Iraq, like and like survived an IE, still
2: running Tetris, still running. yeah, and it's yeah. bombed out in the front of it.
3: Yeah, and so I think you're right that this has been. It's not the end of the world or anything. Mm-hmm. Switch still rules, but it has definitely been an uncharacteristically clumsy system life in, from a actual physical hardware side of Absolutely. it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
2: and, and this is like sort of not what I am used to from them. You yeah. know, like there is a durability that comes, you know, with their with their tech that I love. And like to be fair, I'm also a PlayStation guy. This generation started off with uh, basically. The caps on almost every single person's DualShock 4 analog oh, sticks yeah. was rotting off, <laughs> falling <laughs> apart. You'd be sitting there playing launch games like NAC, and you know, you're you're you know, sorry if you were playing that. And your <laughs> sticks would just start fall like pieces would fall off. You'd look at your thumb and be like, What happened Knack. here? This and is so, why
1: I was one of those selfish roommates when people ask, like, hey, my PlayStation controller doesn't work. Can I use yours? And I'd be like, No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: nope. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating. I'm glad that they're addressing it, but I think that like I'm I'm really hoping that something is happening in the background right now where they are doing a full on refresh on their core products. And I don't mean like a Switch Lite. I don't mean like a Switch Pro, which is I think a little closer to what people wanted. You know, like what you guys talked about last week, um, which is not technically a Pro. But I hope that they are in the R and D right now, going back to the drawing board and fixing the pro controller and they're fixing the joy con because people are going to be buying these things for years to come and they need to pull all of the product off the shelves and they need to refresh it with stuff that looks identical, but is actually something we can trust and play with.
3: Honestly, thinking about it now, I think I'd probably rather have a joy con 2.0 than I would a switch pro. Yeah, like if they if in a world where we had to pick between those two, I think I'm pretty ha- satisfied with the Switch as a system overall. Mm-hmm. But and maybe I won't be, you know, once the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet or whatever they are come out, and it's now even a weaker thing compared to those. Um, but at least right now, yeah, I think the Joy-Con just need not that, like I like the Joy-Con a lot. They just need a little bit of like a a second take. <laughs> yeah,
1: I heard that the reason the drift issues are happening is because there's a cheap part underneath stick Mm -hmm. that wears down um -hmm. over time and then stops working correctly
2: yeah people i've seen videos on youtube where people mod it to fix it which is as someone who's to do yeah you shouldn't have to do as somebody who like had two sets of joy cons and took apart one Mm -hmm. to mod the d-pad in, like you did tom um that was something that I was able to do with like a limited understanding of the way that works. There's no soldering or anything like that. Yeah. But still it's it's a cumbersome thing to expect your average consumer, especially in a in a system that's, you know, positioned to sell for all ages. Like I don't expect a child to do that.
3: And and also the act of modding the case for the Joy-Con is still even significantly simpler than, than going and opening up the stick itself right. and, and modifying that. That's not a thing that I think anybody I- should expect them to do. No, it
2: also voids the warranty yeah. even doing yeah. that. So, well, it, hey, it, that is
1: something to mention as well, that this new, um, I don't know what to call it, but this new thing that they're doing for us by fixing their Joy-Cons does, has nothing to do with the warranty. So your yeah. Joy-Con does not need... Proof of purchase or a warranty, they will fix it anyway if it's the drifting issue, which is really nice. Like they're doing, I love this it's great. Yeah. I'm, is great. I'm really,
3: I'm, I'm really, really pleased and thankful for this because I have a blue, my launch blue left Joy-Con has had drift issues for six months, and I basically just pretend I don't have it because mm-hmm. it's just not fun to use. And yeah, it's a I'm pain. It
2: um, they, it's weird because the the Switch itself has a barcode on the bottom. Right. Mm-hmm. Which like I was looking at the other day and I was thinking from like sort of design perspective is kind of ugly. You know, <laughs> like your your iPhone doesn't have a sticker on it. Right. Okay. But um, that said, when something goes wrong with it, which I've had in the past, they're able to scan it and tag it and identify exactly what it is. Your JoyCon don't have that. So right. I think they, they had no choice but to sort of have this like open policy to exchanging those things.
3: Well, this is the thing. And this is I think what I kind of want to emphasize here is. They totally had a choice. They totally didn't need to do this. You're right. They could just yeah. say, you're sorry. Yeah. And that's kind of sort of what they were doing up until now. And it's really, they didn't have to do this. They didn't have to be this kind of generous of like upgrading people to one day shipping, as in the case of Adam Bankhurst, and who's uh, our news writer who had this happen to them, mm-hmm. refunding people who already went through this. They are going a few steps further than they need to in terms of trying to make this right. And yeah, they there's still look. work to do like there's still other things they could be doing but you got to give them credit where it's due like they're really they are doing more than they need to
2: yeah and to put things in perspective uh, obviously i gave you guys the the history lesson on the on the dual shock 4s everyone knows the red ring of death and the xbox 360 and it, right. took
1: it took them years took them
2: years to address that. it and then when they did they sent you a coffin you couldn't even play your system for a while
1: <laughs> it was a whole month yeah that actually happened to me where my system died a month a month before actually like a week before the halo 3 beta and like a bunch of it happened to a bunch of my friends and we were like is this a ploy are they doing this on purpose because no one is going to wait a month to get their system back everyone wants to play halo 3 remember
2: there was that zombie thing you could do you could wrap it in a towel and it would like come back to life for a week you make it hot yeah you would you would overheat it and it would be like it's alive
1: it was ridiculous but when i I try to when i try to get my replacement 360 when that happened uh, the customer service people told me Florida was not a state, and they hung up on me.
2: Florida's not a state? <laughs>
1: what? I'm n- not joking at all. Take that
2: you, public.
3: You know the craziest story sometimes? They repeatedly
1: <laughs> asked me, okay, what state? Florida. No, the state. Flo- Florida. Flo- United States. Florida. My town. They're like, no, the state. It's a state. I promise. And they're like, we're transferring you. And then they hung up on me.
4: Surprise.
2: You received it from the union. <laughs> Yeah, there is, like, a specific network of, like, dumb and weird people that interface with your universe on a regular basis. It is fascinating. It would have been great if it was, like, the start of, like, Florida Civil War. I know. Like, that's how you learn. It
1: gets even more X-Files because then I went on to the website to do it instead, and Florida was not in the drop-down menu.
4: (laughs) Casey, where are you? I'll catch hell for this, but every four
2: years I wish that Florida wasn't a state.
1: (laughs) But there's pub subs there, Brian.
2: <laughs> I know, but it doesn't have to be a state to have sandwiches.
1: Meanwhile, Nintendo <laughs> customer service was really kind and nice to me, and I had to listen to Star Fox music while I waited them. And That's then they right. gave me a replacement DS screen, even though I was a month after warranty. So thank you, Nintendo. Nintendo, <laughs> we think is
4: Florida is a state. <laughs> <laughs> only now do we do that. Only now.
2: So, um but Yeah.
1: It's 4.02.
2: It is 4.02. Blaze it. I have to run. Um,
1: <laughs> That's not right. I
2: have to run to a Gamescom meeting. Um, hopefully Nintendo will be there in, in Germany. Um, if you see me in Germany, say hello. I'll be working that show for a week.
1: Me too. High five.
2: You're going to Germany? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm yeah. We can do an NBC in Germantown. We're doing That'd it. That'd be great. Germany is not a state, <laughs> but it has crazy stuff happening just like Florida does. Is That's there a Germany, Germany
1: man? Of course there is.
2: I'm gonna go be that Germany man. <laughs> bye, guys. Bye, Brian. Bye. You, Brian. bye.
1: So, hey, now that Brian's gone, we can talk about Pokemon. <laughs> 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 no, but um, for real though, I did get to play Pokemon Masters last week with Miranda Sanchez. Nice. Um, I got to play for a whole hour, and we can talk about it now.
4: Were you the master? The
1: embargo. I was. A master, to be a master, Pokemon master. You weren't three masters. I was. I controlled three masters. That's weird. That sounds weird, right? Yeah, it does.
4: I guess Pokemon three masters doesn't have that great. Pokemon ring to it.
1: three masters.
4: <laughs> three master edition.
1: There are up actually up to sixty five masters with their partner Pokemon, which consist of sync pairs. Hold up Pokemon now, masters.
4: Sixty five. Yeah. There aren't that many masters in Pokemon. There's
1: a lot of think of all the gym leaders. Would you consider them Pokemon Master? Yeah, there's what They're
3: just let like anyone be a master
4: these days. Is this
1: gonna be the eighth generation? It's this newest
3: game. Pokemon Masters? No, sorry. I meant uh I meant the new uh, Sword and Shield. Is Gen 8? Gen 9? Gen 9. nine? Yeah, Gen okay, 9. Okay, so there were eight generations yes. and each one had eight gym badges, right? Mm-hmm. And so that Except meant, for Sun and Moon. Except for Sun and Moon, but Sun and Moon still had eight things, I think, or something. They had a fair amount. But we can essentially estimate that there are around 64 just gym leaders, 50, oh. 60 just gym leaders, and then mm. people outside of that, like main characters. So just found here? a guy
4: like, Oi, what you got there? a do Okay, you're a Pokemon master. Come on, let's go. No, what am so saying you're wrong? There's
1: gym <laughs> leaders, there are rivals, and there are some other characters from the series as well. And then there are also Cygna suit characters, which are <laughs> characters like Brock in a different outfit with a different partner Pokemon. And this is pertinent to say that all of these Pokemon masters are getting pulled from the games and not the anime. So Cygnusoo, mm. Brock, for example, has a Tyranitar. Brock has never had a Tyranitar in the anime, but he has had one in one of the games. Hmm. So it's really cool. It's interesting. So maybe maybe
4: don't get Brock with the frying pan as a character?
1: Probably not. You can, so- ha- you can go on a friend date with him, though in a thing called um, sync pairs, sync stories, actually. Every game needs dating. I, n- Every
4: like, game needs tea time. Yeah. Call-
1: no, it's basically that. So once, whenever you add a new sync pair to your team, you can go on a sync story with them, and depending on the character, it's a different thing that happens. So Miranda went with Hapu, and with Hapu, she went on a tour of the island and went shopping, and they talked and had a great time. Meanwhile, I went and talked to Flannery and she told me about how hard it was living in her father's shadow and what she did to get past that by looking Downer. at T- Torkoal. It State was very sucks, happy. to be honest. <laughs> no. But, um, Tom's look at me right now. Just imp-
3: I'm just like, man, I, I don't yeah. expect that from a Pokemon game. But
1: it's, it's really interesting because Pokemon Masters lets you learn so much more about these characters that have been so important in the Pokemon series, but you may not have seen much of them outside of an anime,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and they really give personality and history to them. That's so cool, because it, mm-hmm. kind of was the... It's cool to hear that that is feels
3: like, at least from what you played, that it's actually doing that, mm-hmm. because that sounded oh, kind of like that was, is. that was the pitch, right, mm-hmm. is... This idea of exploring and digging into these masters and not just using them as, hey, this is basically your Pokemon, but an actual character. And that's really, really cool to hear that it is succeeding in that so far. And
4: you're pulling these masters?
1: Yeah, so as you go through the story, you will add some to your team, but you can also go on scout missions, which is basically a gotcha machine. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can (laughs) earn, so the cool thing about Pokemon Masters as well is that the only thing you spend money on is extra sync pairs. And, the old, and you can buy this currency or you can earn it through the game. By doing a sync story, for example, you'll earn gems, which you can use to get new sync pairs. Mm. And after like well over 100, you can actually choose whichever one you want. Um, so it's really not pushy. And the only thing that affects how much you can play the game is your own failure, which I kind of nice. like. Nice. Yeah, so um, you can only attempt a challenge in the story a certain number of times a day. And then you have to wait until the next day. And the same is said to about training missions. You only do those a certain amount of times a day. But as long as you're strong enough, you can keep going through the story without having any arbitrary yeah. or artificial barrier.
3: Hmm. Yeah. I, unlike, and that's in comparison to something like some other free to play Mario game,
1: some free to play mobile games.
3: Yeah. instead. Yeah,
4: like Fire Emblem, you have Energy. stamina.
3: Yeah. Although I guess Doctor Mario World, uh, World kind of does a similar thing, where if you beat a mission, you get a heart back, but that only happens, I think, on the first time you beat a mission? Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I guess it's a similar thing of, if you're doing well, it'll keep it going.
4: I'm glad they went the personality route, because like, mm-hmm. instead of just collecting Pokemon, where it's like, yeah, that's nice, but we've done that before, yeah. being able to have actual characters of the backstory, I think that's what drew me into Fire Emblem Heroes in the mobile, because there were so many characters in all the Fire Emblem franchise to pick from, and... Similar to like the, the dating thing with Pokemon Masters, when you got like a max level character in Fire Emblem, you had like a, like a little heart-to-heart talk with them, and it gave you a little more of their personality. And well, That was a kind of like a nice reward, so I like that they're going
1: somewhat of a familiar route. Yeah, it actually reminded me a lot of um, Fire Emblem Heroes, because mm. like Fire Emblem Heroes, you can pull characters out from this uh, gacha machine, basically, between three to five star power. But you can remove that cap and increase your three-star star sync pairs up to five-star. Hmm. And you can also evolve your Pokemon. So if your partner Pokemon is a pip you can evolve it all the way up to an Empoleon.
4: So the question is, uh, once this game is out and they have all their seasonal pulls, how many different variations of Brock will we have? Will we have swimsuit Brock, cold-weather Brock, <laughs> Valentine Brock, <laughs> we can Easter I, Brock?
1: I did actually ask that, and they wouldn't tell me. A but lot. they did say they will be adding more content and more sync pairs every month. And there will be events. And I think there's like 20
4: versions think. of Lynn from Fire Emblem now. And yeah, heroes. there's way too
1: many. There's just too many. So, Wedding Dress Lynn. So there's <laughs> two versions of Brock right now. Mm-hmm.
3: Can you use them together on the same team?
1: Yes, they're treated as two totally different Two entities. Brock's? It's
4: same like two in Fire Emblem. They're
1: like from alternate dimensions, Tom. <laughs> can you get multiple of the same person, like through the gotcha system? So if you do get an, an extra one, it powers up the one that you already have.
3: Oh, okay. So you can't just have a full team of Brock yet?
1: If you do co-op, you can, oh. because each of your co-op partners can also use Brock. That actually, happened when I played co-op with um, Miranda and the PR team from Chipple Point. we all ended up with Hapu on our team, and we both put up Mudsdales all at the same time, because we were up against an Alolan Raichu, so mm-hmm. we just... All had three hapus and three mudsdale's up at the same time. Amazing. Yeah. But the gameplay was a lot more quick and interesting than turn base. and the producer said that they chose to do a real-time battle because if they wanted to focus on co-op, you couldn't be waiting for your teammates to do Yeah, that would take forever. Yeah, right. especially if there's three of you. So they decided to make it real-time so that no one would have to wait on each other. Good idea. Yeah. So that's Pokemon Masters. It's out on August 29th, and... You can actually pre register for it now. I don't know what that gives you, but it is an option.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Maybe someone can explain this to me because I'm not sure what it does either. You could go, like, I just went to the Google Play app store or whatever on my phone and just hit pre register and it was said, great. And then you did it. So actually,
1: actually now that you say that, once it is available, it will automatically download to your phone. Uh, That's what that does. Cool. Great. Yeah. I'm not, sometimes there are like extra bonuses and things, but I don't think there's anything for Pokemon Masters. You
4: said there was co-op. Is there a PVP?
1: There's no PVP. Uh. Again, we asked the producer why, and he said they wanted to focus on partnerships and power friend building. Yeah, basically, basically that the power of friendship, no fighting allowed. but Except was, for
3: people
4: who aren't your friend. Then yeah. you fight.
1: Like um, Team Break, the new evil team in Pokemon team Masters. Team Break? Team Break.
4: Like, they put the brakes on things. I don't
1: know, but they're wearing masks, which is very smart for an evil team, because they're wearing masks while doing evil stuff. Like, why has no one about there, this? No evil masterminds out there.
4: Wear more masks. They won't <laughs> like, be able that's arrest like you.
1: Rule number one of doing bad stuff: wear a mask first. No one can All tell the you. All the other you are.
3: teams are looking at them, going,
4: "Whoa! <laughs> <laughs>
1: why didn't we think of this?"
4: So that's how you don't get arrested,
1: man. Who would have thought? So those are my very short Pokemon Masters impressions. Miranda wrote a much more detailed article, and we have a video up as well. And Pokemon Masters YouTube a channel actually put up a whole series of how-tos hmm. explaining the mechanics of all the gameplay. Taking our job. No, pretty much. I actually thought, I was like, oh, well, I guess, I guess my job is done. That wiki is totally written. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's so much more. So... There is some other news as well, including Oninaki. The demo is available now. So this is an RPG coming out on August 22nd, being overseen by Chrono Trigger director director Takashi Okita. And it looks really cool. I have the demo downloaded. I have not been able to play it yet.
3: This is the same team that did Lost Sphere and I Am Setsuna, I believe.
1: Yes. And I don't know. It looks really interesting. It looks like you add... Man, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not 100% sure about the details on this game. I've just been watching it for a while, and I want to play it.
3: It's one a lot of people have their eyes on, though, so it's, it's cool mm-hmm. that it has has a I'm demo. I'm glad
1: there's a demo. We'll talk about it next week when I'm actually able to play it. So we also know that Tencent and the Pokemon Company are developing a new game by Tencent's uh, T-I-M-I. Is it Teamy? is Do it TIMI? Know. I don't know. Both. Both. A studio, which is also behind the upcoming upcoming Call of Duty mobile title. We don't know what it's going to be, We have no details at all. We just know that it's happening. And we also know that Tencent will be talking more about their partnership with Nintendo sometime next week, I believe. So there's that. It's interesting. I have no idea what it could be. It's kind of weird that there are so many spinoffs coming from third parties. Yeah, well, it's, it's this interesting thing that's been now happening
3: more with Nintendo, just with their mobile branching out, but a lot more with Pokemon, is we're not super used to just, like, people making pokemon games
4: but unless they're bootleg like, versions in china
3: yes that that is a thing but i mean just like it's it's interesting that we're just like oh yeah there's just going to be like the, they're working on another pokemon game and we're like not mm-hmm. sure what it is because mm-hmm. now there's very established even within the pokemon company themselves have established this as there are your mainline Pokemon games that are the main thing, and then there's these other things, and there's a lot of them. And there's
4: the mainline, and then there's a Let's Go, and then there's the other thing, and then yeah. there's the other 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 thing.
3: Yeah, and there's always been spinoffs, but like you said, the fact that they're just sort of like coming from all these sources is really sort of interesting. We'll have to see if it pans out in a good, interesting way in terms of like actually playing it. It is but cool. We yeah. have no see. idea. If we don't know what it is yet.
4: It's cool to see how that can then lead to more spin-offs that aren't just the turn-based RPG battling system, mm-hmm. where you have, you know, all the like Pokemon Quest, Pokemon Go, where like, hey, what if we try this form? Or even with the uh, the battling, with hey, what if we have a gotcha and we don't have turn-based anymore? What if we just do it at the same time? Like, it leads to some cool experimentation, and I hope it goes somewhere nice. Yeah,
1: same. So some good news: Nintendo Switch was the most searched for product in the U.S., U.K., and Australia during Amazon Prime Day.
4: What? Where's that switch?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Gotta find the switch. I don't know. I just thought it was a cool little detail to share. And also, <laughs> if you are watching or listening to this on Thursday, the day that this podcast comes out, look for potential Rune Factory 5 news. I don't know. I heard a rumor. Oh. I
4: heard a rumor, too. Um, I, I know it's next week uh, with Evo. People are saying that, you know, uh, Smash news might happen since oh. uh, Ultimate Talon and Evo. Oh, yeah. We might get a DLC of uh, maybe the, either the date or just the Dragon Quest here just drops. Who
3: knows? Does that rumor have any sort of like? Is it just specul? Is it just people saying that? Absolutely,
4: it to no basis whatsoever. Yeah. But I think wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't the first character announced during Evo? Wasn't no Joker was no Joker was during yeah, the game right. during it was. I know there was some some smash announcement happened at Evo one time.
1: There was, a, there was an announcement during the tournament right before E3.
3: And that was an official Nintendo yeah. tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not be surprised I'm if thinking... Nintendo does not do anything with Evo. And yeah. that's not like a slight against Evo because Evo rules. It's right. just that Nintendo's getting better about esports, but they are still yeah. like very much, they like to do their own things mm-hmm. when it comes to esports tournaments rather than Put a lot of investment into these third-party events. It's yeah.
1: interesting because just a few years ago, I recall Nintendo blocking Melee from being there at all. Yeah, and now it's headlining. They, which yeah, is they a great turn they had to
4: complete one eighty, and I'm happy for that to give fans more what they want, like share Smash with the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. So hey, Tom, there's a bunch of games out this week. There are a bunch of games, including Farm Three Houses. That's a and game, and that's it. I'm kidding. There's a, a bunch <laughs> of other stuff out. So Auto is out on a Chef. G- yeah, as you can tell, I did not write this portion of the uh, Automata line. Oh, Atom-a-Chef. tell me about it.
3: Uh, Automata Chef is this cool game being published by Team Seventeen. Um, I've been playing a little bit of it this week on uh, PC. It's already out, and it is fifteen dollars, I believe. Um, it is basically like if you guys know Big Pharma. It's that uh like pharma is evil tom yeah it's a game (laughs) where you are placing lots of conveyor belts and like dispensers and try in big pharma you're trying to make pills and then different like medical products and you're researching different ingredients this is kind of like a little bit more of a bite-sized version of that for the food industry so you get a restaurant space and it says you need to make hamburgers and cheeseburgers and it's all automated so then you have to build up these contraptions where you have like A distributor, I think that's what it's called, sending out buns and then another one sending out patties and then you have conveyor belts leading the patties to a grill and then you have a robot arm that picks up the grilled patties and puts them in an assembler and then the buns get toasted and then brought onto the assembler. And then that assembles it and sends it out a conveyor belt to get ordered.
4: So you're building an amazing machine?
3: I mean, like kind of it's like that, right? But it's it's a little bit more puzzly because you're trying to do it in... You need to make a certain number of orders, and then you're trying to do it in low power consumption and without wasting ingredients. Ah. So there's all these gates and these things where you can say, like, okay, turn off the grill so it doesn't waste energy until there's an order that needs it. And then you turn it back on, and there's lots of little min-maxing optimization stuff. You can queue up orders and then let them only go out when they're done, uh, but then they'll spoil potentially. It's a lot of... It's really, really cute, and it's. I've been having a lot of fun with it on PC, uh, so it's one to look out for on Switch as well. I have not played it on Switch, so I can't speak to either performance or controls, but uh, it's definitely a cool game if you like those sorts of like automated conveyor... It, basically, if you like games with conveyor belts, you know who you are, okay. and, and this
4: is one to look at.
1: Um, the Tiny Toots game had a level with conveyor belts in it on the Super Nintendo.
4: I remember that.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, I meant more like... <laughs> Like InfiniFactory, uh, 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 Factorio, those sorts of games. Okay, it's okay, not as the... heavy as those, but mm-hmm. you'll you'll definitely know who you are if you'll if you like those games, you'll
1: know what I mean.
4: But the real question right. is, where is my Tiny Tune sequel?
3: Yeah, that's actually a fair question too, but not related to a Thomas show. No.
1: <laughs> next is uh, Parumi. Yeah, but but I'm probably also not pronouncing correctly.
4: Hawa uh, uh, Rumi? Wow
1: well Rumi, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I
3: just want to put this on one, this one on because I know Brian and Pear were both playing okay. it. Okay. Um, it's basically Ikaruga, but with three colors and some other things okay. going on. Uh, I know Pear was enjoying it last time I talked to him. Brian, I think, is a little less enthused about it, mm-hmm. but want to look at it if you're an Ikaruga fan.
1: What is What what makes Picross Lord of the Nazarick different from other Picross? That is a name. I believe
3: it's an anime tie-in. Oh.
1: Th- uh, correct me if I'm
3: wrong on that. Googling. I think Lord of the Nazareth is an anime or a manga, and this is a Picross game, as far as I understand, made by Jupiter that has, like, a campaign and is all tied.
1: Overlord. Okay. Overlord. It's the, yeah, it's an oh. like Overlord
3: anime. That's what it is. So it's an Overlord tied-in Picross game. Cool. And it is, I'm not a fan, or I don't know that anime very well at all, but, like, I, uh, I'm i going to
1: play this game. It is an Isekai, <laughs> right? A guy playing a lich, I believe, in an MMO gets trapped in the game and then is overcome by his own ca- his in-game character's alignment, which is evil.
3: There you go. There we go. I'm just excited because it means Picross is doing tie-in games again. Yeah, and that's yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon, right, and Zelda, I think? Yeah, before. Um, yes. And so now they're doing... They the... definitely did Pokemon. Yeah, so now they're doing more tie-in games, and I hope that they do things that I am more interested in. Yeah. Not that I'm hating on this one, if you like, if you like Overlord, yeah.
1: and uh Mighty Switch Force collection is out on the 25th for twenty dollars. It includes Mighty Switch Force, Mighty Switch Force Two, Mighty Switch Force Hyperdrive Edition, and Mighty Switch Force Academy. I don't know what any of these are about.
3: Did, did you guys? Are you play the Mighty Switch Force games? See, I didn't either, and I I've heard very good things because they, they go back a while to like I think Wii and DS
1: or three oh, wow. DS or something like that. They're their games and. They're, they're coming out on Switch. Somewhere. I
4: remember they had good music, and that's all I know of those.
1: There you go. And also coming out this week is Wolfenstein: Youngblood. Yeah, on the twenty sixth for the Switch, which is a miracle. Um, it is. As was most. When when does this review come up, Tom? Uh, not
3: yet. I guess their view embargo goes up the morning of this. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it should be available by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Potentially. Potentially. We got code a little late, and we're playing it on
3: PC, Mm -hmm. so uh, it's, yeah. I will say we saw this being played on Switch at E3, Mm -hmm. and it looked about as rough as you would expect from one of these games. Every one of these Bethesda games that comes to Switch is, as you said, a miracle. It's very cool that it's happening, and it will probably run poorly but serviceably, and... I think probably the recommendation that will be the the baseline unless you hear otherwise is if you have a way to play this elsewhere, you probably should. And if not, it is it is available to you, which is cool.
4: Poorly but server bowl is my motto, actually.
1: <laughs> and next is also uh, Kill a Kill, the game. This is also an anime game, but it's, a, I believe, a fighting game. It is. Yeah, and Miranda Sanchez did a ton of coverage about this. She actually went to Japan and visited the studio that was making this, and all of the information you need mm-hmm. is up there. Yeah. I am not the source for this. Our review but for Miranda that, is. I believe,
3: will go up later this week as well.
1: Yeah. So look out for that. So, hey, guys. What are you playing?
4: Wouldn't you like to know?
1: Whoa. I, I mean, I already know. It's Fire Emblem. I'm sorry for asking.
4: Help. I just wrote help. Yeah, you did.
1: And I was like, oh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> what about you, Tom?
3: Uh, I've been jumping around a little bit, but uh, probably one I want to really, really want to talk about is Dragon Quest Builders Two, which Same. I finally started playing. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: I want to play. Aww. I'm sorry. I like Fire Emblem. No lies. When but will I you be done? Play.
1: When do you see yourself being done? Like quote unquote, done with Fire Emblem? Like I don't know. What, what's, what's seventy
4: times four?
1: <laughs> uh, a lot. Two hundred and eighty.
4: Especially if I'm writing guides, it that doubles the amount of time, but yeah, uh, six hundred hours. Six hundred years. How many weeks
1: is that? A lot. Let's say a month.
4: Let's just say it's going to be a while. But a while. I'll probably take breaks to play something else,
1: like Dragon Quest Builders two. Like
4: Dragon Quest Builders
1: two. So I know we're a little bit late on this, but that's because we didn't start playing until kind of late. It's been busy. It's been a busy. It's been time, very guys. busy. <laughs> but man, I just started the day before yesterday, and yesterday. I got so into it. I stayed up way later than I was supposed to. I just, I needed to do just one more thing. And then I needed to do one more thing. And then some monsters attacked. And then I needed to do one more thing. And that then it was three in the morning. Classic one more thing. Maybe not quite that late, but I'm you know bummed, what I'm saying. I'm pumped I didn't s-
3: play this earlier, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because now I know I'm going to get distracted and jump to Fire Emblem later this week. And I kind of, I really want to keep playing more Dragon Quest.
1: Yeah, I haven't even played. So Dragon Quest Builders... I haven't played the first one, but it is a very story-driven RPG. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of NPC interaction. The tutorial is long. I'm not going to lie. The first hour of the game, at least... Drags mm. more I, than that, in yeah, my opinion. Maybe hour and a half.
3: anybody anybody who watched our uh, PlayStation podcast Beyond, I also talked about this there. But like, it presents itself like a Minecraft game, but it is a JRPG. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. The its writing is really good, but there's a lot to read. It is very slow. It makes you do this thing that annoys the heck out of me a lot, where it'll give you a quest, you'll talk to them about stuff, you'll complete the quest, you go back and turn in the quest, and then it like gives you dialogue for the end of the quest and then gives you a little like, good job, you finished the quest thing and then the person you were talking to will then be there waiting for you to talk to them again to get the next quest in which case they will then start talking more about that quest and then you go off and do that and it's like... that's Just String it together. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a huge deal but it is It is very like start and stop, start and stop at the beginning of the game but it is so good, I like, still want to be playing
1: it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I got... Got very Once I got past most of the dialogue and started figuring out how things worked and what mm-hmm. I needed to do, I was like, oh, I want my base to look awesome and I want to protect it from monsters. So I'm going to start doing that. And then I realized the material I was using isn't that strong, so I should get more material. <laughs> and I was trying to bring in some techniques I had learned from Minecraft to kind of protect my base. And I've learned that fences don't really do anything against monsters. They look pretty. They do look pretty, but <laughs> monsters can just <laughs> jump over them. What jerks. <laughs> But um, no, I had, I'm had i having a lot of fun, and I want to play more, and I haven't even played co-op yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to do that. But there's so many small secrets hidden around the world as well, and I kind of like that this game has more instruction. Like Minecraft, I like Minecraft. I played it years ago when it first came out, and I got bored kind of quickly, because even though there's an unlimited amount of things to do, there's no direction. And I with Dragon Quest Builders 2, you have... Um, villagers to keep happy, you have monsters to hunt, you have things to find, you have like specific goals, even if you aren't following the story. There are always systems you can to make better, which I really enjoy.
3: Yeah, uh, TJ Hafer reviewed this, or Hafer, I can never remember how to pronounce it, uh, reviewed this for us. I love TJ to death. He is an RPG aficionado, and he gave it an 8.8. He really, really likes it. And uh, one of the things that I... I really liked in his review is he said that the building stuff is like a good writing prompt, which I think is a really cute way of putting it because it's sort of, it's a good example of like, it's, it's not complete freedom, but it's also not restricting you in a way that feels like you're just doing something they tell you to do over and over and over. So it's like a little bit of like, Hey, I want a house, build me a house here's like the specifications of the minimum house needs. And then you just get to build the house. And like, that's a really cool, like it's a really cool balance. And mm-hmm. I, I really dig it. Um, And I'm just, I'm just having a lot of fun with that game right now.
1: Yeah. Same. I'm really, I really want to play it more. I want to yeah. go back and play one day,
4: One day I'll play
3: it. Uh, Delay I'm, fire emblem. No, don't do that. No. Please don't do I that. Mean,
1: uh, I have to, cause I'm still doing, I'm still playing Marvel or ultimate Alliance three because I'm also writing the walkthrough along with everything else in the wiki. So
4: Vicky, life.
1: Uh, yeah, everybody <laughs> walk throughs. It's it's going. I think I'll have it done by the end of the week. We'll see. So, are there any other games you want to talk about, Tom?
3: I, uh, I talked about a Chef also, yeah. which is just another game that I liked a lot that mm-hmm. I've been playing. And then you and me have been playing Monster Hunter World for the first time ever, which Finally. is great. Yeah, Casey and I. Uh, you have a million hours in that game, and I have over a hundred on PC. And this is the first time we've ever been able to play together
1: because yeah. I'm playing on PlayStation 4 now. And, and it's I, very fun. I wish that game was on, on Switch. Nintendo, I'm sorry. <laughs> but hey, Generations Ultimate is Nintendo, so you guys should play that game.
3: Monster World is so good that it makes me want to go back and play Generations Ultimate.
1: I mean, you, you can. I'll play that with you, too. <laughs> Got Dread King Rathalos armor, which is fine. But anyway, let's go <laughs> on to question block. <laughs> nice segue. There was no segue. Don't lie to me.
4: Nice non-segue.
1: Thanks, Brendan, for being honest. So David Barber asked, my real quick question is one we all want to know. What's your team for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3? So Tom, what team did you end up using? I think you mentioned this last week.
3: My So I jumped around a bit, uh, but my final team that I used for probably the last... Three of the 10 chapters of the game, and I deviated a teeny bit from this, but not a ton. I really, really liked this team, was Wolverine, Black Panther, Storm, and Doctor Strange. I I dug that team a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so different from my team. Yeah? Yeah. I'm using Hulk, Crystal, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man. And I'm finding that they have really good um, synergy attacks. And that just completely changed everything for me. And Miles Morales and Spider-Man have really good crowd control. Like Miles Morales has, I, I don't remember what it's called, but there are webs that go on the floor that electrify. So they like freeze enemies in their place because they're being electrocuted. And then both of them combined have binding abilities with the web attacks. Mm. So if I'm, I have a lot of crowd control, a lot of AOE, all of them have synergy attacks with each other. So I'm finding that I don't have to switch out to open boxes very often. It's a really good team. And if you want to find out how to do synergy attacks, we have a wiki for that called <laughs> How to Use Synergy Attacks in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I like It's a my, game changer. <laughs>
3: so I like my team because Storm has AOE, a lot of AOE. Uh, Wolverine and Black Panther were kind of the same role, right? Mm-hmm. Like they both, I think it's whatever is on their A button, the down, the bottom button, because I always forget yeah. on the Switch. Um, that ability is basically just like a dive that does a ton of stagger and then their other attacks are all about just like dealing a lot of health damage. So you can use that over and over, and then when one of them runs out of energy, you just switch to the other and use them. Uh, And then Doctor Strange is really cool because he's the only person that I found whose light attack dealt like really, really high stagger damage. So if you were running low on energy, you could switch to Doctor Strange and his light attack will deal stagger without using energy in a pretty consistent way. and then also he's just weird because he's got a lot of utility, his abilities. I mean, he is
1: called Doctor Strange.
3: He is very strange, yeah. Uh, his his abilities, uh, one of them is just like a fireball, like, or like a flame cannon that's just like damage dealer. One of them is like an AOE spinny laser. But then his other two, one binds enemies, which is really valuable because you just like use it and somebody gets bound. And then the other one is the, as far as I understand, the only character in the game that can heal allies? Um, Who? Doctor Strange. Um, Scarlet Witch can too. Oh, Scarlet Witch also can. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So it's it's one of the limited heals yes. though, I think. And and that seemed really valuable to me in a character that also had all this other stuff going for him. That but I like that, like you said, a lot of variety in this game. Yeah. You can really pick whoever you want to kind of just go for it and That's really cool. Like, I was using Miles and Gwen both for a long time. I love the Wasp. Wasp is one of my favorite, favorite characters in the game, and not just because she drops giant fidget spinners on people. Um, (laughs) That's a pretty good reason, though. That is a good reason. Uh, Yeah, so I really like the variety, and I like that everyone can kind of
1: have their own team. So one last question that everyone can answer. I wish Brian was here for it. Uh, Sean Warner says, a wizard appears and casts a spell on you that makes you lose your hair. An equally as powerful wizard appear with the power to give you any hairstyle from a video game you want. What hairstyle do you choose and from what game character?
4: Getting tired of these wizards showing up and doing (laughs) dumb things to me.
1: Wizards are like bad dudes.
4: Yeah, sending me to video game realms, giving me video game haircuts. Stupid wizards. Uh, I guess I'll keep mine um, somewhat related to what I can only think about these days. Uh, I'd probably choose Kaspar's haircut for Fire Emblem. He's in the Black Eagles house. <laughs> he's got like this like blue faux hawk.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah, he's
4: also the voice actor, same person who voices Haida and uh Retsuko. Oh, so, ah! I love that guy.
1: Good, it's a good choice.
4: Yeah, also, I just hate my hair, so I'll do anything oh. to change it. Um, what about you, Egad?
1: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no uh
4: now i can't unsee it it's
1: I'm, just i i'm re- it's just okay there. i was remembering correctly yeah
3: you were it's just you one wish you weren't. Of white
1: hair that just goes up straight
3: yep
4: like a turnip sticking with it
1: I'm. i'm man i'm flabbergasted by both of your <laughs> responses i guess you know it's just hair
4: what did you think ours is going to be?
1: I don't know, man. I'm going to pick Bayonetta because her hair is magical and can be used as armor. But, oh, you know. cheater. <laughs> <laughs> you cheater. No, I just thought about what would be the most practical answer. I knew we were going for practical. I just want to change.
4: <laughs> I've had this haircut since like I was five years old. I haven't changed it once.
1: I've had my hairstyle since I was 15 or 14. Yeah, 15. It's a long time. You're so basic. 13 years.
3: Or as you said last week, that's like three years.
1: Yeah, like three years. Since 2012. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, no, I did not go to sixth grade in 2012. I went to sixth grade in 2002. My bad. Whoops. Ooh. So I think that is about it for this week. Thank you guys so much for being on, Brendan. Thank you for talking about Fire Emblem. Three houses can I be
4: released now.
1: I'm no for Fire Emblem. Definitely not. Absolutely not. I mean, Get you, back can, you can leave here.
4: I hope you all enjoy my work. Um, there's a lot. It was it was a very busy week. But we have some really great things out of it.
1: And it's super helpful.
4: Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm like, I won't have like the battle-to-battle walkthroughs up for a while, probably. So I apologize for that. But I will have things on. The lost items you can find to give to the people to make them happier. Some uh, dialogue choices that makes people support you. The how to pick the houses. who to romance. All that fun stuff. So a lot of things people care about.
1: There are giant Excel sheets.
4: As well as uh, some fun interview <laughs> questions I got from the devs. And uh, I was really happy that at the end of my interview, uh, one of the directors was like, I just want to say thank you for playing 70 hours of this game. We really appreciate it. like, oh, thank you for making this game. It's nice.
1: <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for watching. This has been NVC, a.k.a. Nintendo Voice Chat. This is IGN's Nintendo Podcast. And you can listen to us or watch us on your preferred podcasting platform or YouTube or IGN every Thursday at 3 p.m. And remember, this is the only place you can. Get the thing!
4: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd,